Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a pre recorded program presented by KSL News Radio and Intermountain Healthcare. Healthy Mind Matters, brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare. We discuss the important community issues of stronger mental health, emotional wellness, and the growing problem of addiction. Here's our host, Maria Chaleos, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Thank you for joining us today for Healthy Mind Matters. Today we are talking about gun safety for suicide prevention and how that fits into what we are going through right now with the pandemic. And with me, Christy Jones, the Senior Consultant for Mental Wellbeing for Intermountain Healthcare, and Carly Kump, the Community Health Specialist at Intermountain Healthcare. Christy, maybe I'm going to have you start out here and just give us an overview. Uh, this is a stressful time, and how does that raise concerns for you at Intermountain Healthcare when it comes to suicide prevention and gun safety? Well, good morning, Maria, and thank you for having us. Really, we're seeing in light of this COVID pandemic that people have seen an increase in their mental distress. We have seen a slight increase in one age group of potential suicides. And really that help-seeking behavior, the calls to the crisis call lines have gone up. And so we really want to make sure that at this time when people are feeling the stress, this pandemic has been going on for a number of months. We keep thinking it's it's going to end and we we just keep uh, going along with the, the wearing masks and the work from home type things. And the stress is really there. And so we are highly concerned about making sure that our families have every uh, tool in, that they can put in their tool be- belt to save themselves or their their children, their loved ones, their friends from any risk of harm due to the mental distress that they might be having um, or any suicidal thoughts that are going on. And where firearms are such a um, large method of suicide in Utah, we are focusing on working with folks to make sure that they have all the measures in place that they possibly can to keep their firearms safe and slow down a suicide attempt. Carly, oftentimes people don't know that someone in their home is thinking about dying by suicide. What do you want gun owners to think about when they're thinking about the safety in their home? So really, I think we want to look at gun owners recognizing that they do a wonderful job keeping their firearms safe. Um, 
the majority of gun owners have gun safes, but really where you may not know that a young person in your home is struggling, they may not have shared that with you. There are some strategies that they can put into place to keep their um, firearms safe. And I'd like to have Carly go over some of those strategies and really um, lay out things that people can do. So Carly, if I can turn it over to you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Christy. Um, yeah, there are a few things that you can do to keep your firearms safe from somebody who might be at risk and struggling emotionally. So if you are aware that you have an at-risk person in your household, you can consider storing your guns away from your home. So you might have a good friend or a family member who would um, take those guns from you and keep them safe. Um, just make sure that they're not prohibited from possessing a firearm as well. And then there's other offsite storage options, like if you uh, go to a shooting range or their storage facilities, and you can even take them to your local police department, um, thanks to Utah Safe Harbor law, but be sure that you call before you go. And then if offsite storage isn't an option or you don't feel secure that way, the next safest approach is to make sure that they're all locked securely. So in a safe, in a lockbox with a key or a combination, and you keep that key or combination away from somebody else that's at risk and make sure that your ammunition is also stored separately. And then while trigger locks and cable locks aren't adequate on their own, they can be used as a temporary measure. So, or in combination with a gun, gun safe or a lock box. And Intermountain Healthcare is working to distribute those kind of trigger locks or cable locks um, to healthcare facilities in Utah and in Southern Idaho. So if you're interested in a free supply or a gun lock, uh, visit the Zero Suicides website and we'll give that to you later. But okay, go ahead and repeat you. that because part of what you said there got lost, Carly. What website should they visit? The Intermountain Zero Suicide website and that's um, intermountainhealthcare.org slash zero suicide. Perfect. We, we've had this conversation before, Christy. How difficult is it to get gun owners to take extra precautions to lock up their guns? You know, Maria, we have seen that gun owners are so responsible and so concerned about the safety of their firearms that for the, the majority, they are highly responsive to any suggestions, education, or additional supports that can be provided to um, help them. We have been able to partner with the Utah Shooting Sports Council in making education available and reaching out to a gun-owning population because our interest is not in looking at anyone's right to, to have a firearm. It's looking at how can we um, support you in having a firearm if that is what you want and ensure that it's safe. And I've heard um, of incidences where a child may express a suicidal intent to a trusted adult, say in a church or school setting. And when parents are told your child is having suicidal intent, they plan to use a firearm, often parents will say, oh no, my firearm is, is in the gun safe and it's it's safe from the, the child when in fact the child may know the code to the gun safe. 
or they may know where the ammunition is stored separately. And so by having your weapons in a gun safe and then adding the, the cable lock with the key to the cable lock stored separately, that will help slow down any um, person's suicidal attempt. And we just couldn't speak more highly of the, the partnership with the Utah Shooting Sports Council and the work that they've done to help spread this message. It's interesting because you talk about how responsible gun owners really are and that they think that things are pretty safe in their homes. But kids are pretty observant. They often see things that we don't even know that they see. Isn't that true? It sure is. You know, even like when you're putting the firearm back after going to the shooting range, they may see you type in the, the code and then know the code. And I, I had a conversation with my hairdresser. He keeps a firearm in his bedside table to protect from a home intruder. But we know that over 86% of deaths by firearms in Utah are suicide. And the homicide or, you know, intruder firearm use is so low. He's got young, young grandkids. And just in chatting with, with that and making that personal connection, he realized, you know, with my little toddler and elementary aged grandkids coming into my home. I feel okay keeping my firearm in my bedside table, but maybe I'll add the trigger lock so that we've got the trigger lock. The little ones don't know where the key is. And then if they, they sneak into my, you know, bedroom and are playing around, they won't be exposed to the firearm and able to um, uh, fire it. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about this on the Healthy Mind Matters program for probably two to three years now. And Carly, you can jump in too here. Um, are, have you seen progress? Are we seeing fewer people die by suicide at the hands of a gun? When people take those safety precautions and measures of keeping them locked up and safe and um, either removing them from the home, then yeah, we do see a, a decrease. And it's it's all about making sure that People are taking those precautionary measures, but um, we won't see a decrease if people are don't don't keep their firearms safe from those that are at risk. Mm-hmm. I was going to say our our deaths by firearms are slowly going down. There, we do have a data lag of almost a year um, before we get the prior year's data, but the firearm deaths used to be in the mid. 50% and they're going down to the low 50%. And so it's not yet statistically significant that it keeps trending downwards. Yeah, and any progress is progress. So any idea how many homes have firearms in the state of Utah and how we compare to other states? Uh, Christy, correct me if I'm wrong, but I want to say over half of Utah um, households have at least one firearm. And compared to other states, we're a more rural state. And so we have um, more firearms than, say, uh, a more uh, populated state. Does that make sense? Yeah, Christy, did you want to clarify? Yes. Um, we What Carly said is, is spot on. It's just over 50% of the, the homes in Utah with firearms. And, you know, one of the things with the rural nature of the state that Carly brought up, 
is we're really seeing that in the Intermountain West with these rural states in the Intermountain West, we tend to have higher suicide rates than uh, the non-rural states, which is an interesting phenomenon. All right, we need to take a break. And you're listening to Healthy Mind Matters on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.